Hello friends, this is Nitin and I welcome you to my startup podcast channel Jazair Audio where we share real stories with real learnings. Today my guest speaker is Meher Yar Tata. Meher Yar is the co-founder of Easy Leasy, an online rental startup. In a span of over two years, Easy Leasy garnered $100,000 in a particular year and it also had a highly satisfied customer base. Unfortunately, Easy Leasy had to be closed due to limited scalability and also due to low demand. So in this podcast, Meher Yar would be talking to us to share his key learnings and also an advice to the budding entrepreneurs to take corrective action before they are forced to close down their ventures. Meher Yar, welcome to Jazair Audio and thank you for talking to us. Hey Nathan, thanks for having me here. Looking forward to sharing my thoughts with you today. So my first question is, what motivated you to start Easy Leasy? So Easy Leasy was an online assets rental business. Our aim was to give you easy access to high quality products that you once in a while to offer or something that you want to try before like, committing. So the thinking behind why we felt Easy was a good idea, now going back to 2000, I noticed from 2007 onwards, essentially India had moved from a completely offline model to an online model. And uh, if you wanted to buy something new, you could go to Flipkart or Amazon. If you wanted to buy something secondhand, go to OLX or Quick. But, you know, there was no real way to get access to products if you just wanted to use it for a short period of time, talking about renting, right? And there are a number of assets, asset classes rather, where this kind of makes sense. For example, a great instance that we always give people is take a DSLR camera. Unless you're really passionate about photography, it's not something that makes sense to own. But, you know, once in a while when you go on holiday or go on safari, it's a really great thing to have. Same way if you take a karaoke machine, you know, it's not really something you're going to use every day. But once in a while when you have a party, it's a great addition and, you know, everyone can have a lot of fun and stuff. So, we felt that there was a class of assets where either because they were too expensive or not used frequently enough, it didn't make sense to own. And uh, we felt if we provided the rental asset, there could be a market for it. So basically, that was the thinking behind and the kinds of categories that we were in. Two of them I mentioned because DSR cameras, character machines, but we also had things like advanced technology or other upcoming technology at that time. Think of smartwatches, fitness band. We had games for parties apart from character machines. And we also had things like projectors and speakers. So Mehriyar, you mentioned about bootstrapping Easy Leasy for two long years and even achieving $100,000 as revenue in a particular year. How did you achieve this feat? So as for how we reached our peak run rate, I think that is impacted both by our dis- on the product side as well as on the dis- so on the product side. One key innovation or differentiator that we had was compared to the competition, which was all into peer-to-peer rental, where they would essentially take from customer A and give to customer B. We decided to be the owner of all our assets, so we were a full stack, and that definitely gave us advantages in terms of the quality of assets, the amount of time in which you could confirm an order, the pricing because we would price it as a business and not have a double logistics cost to handle, and we could also provide a complete experience in terms of all the accessories and uh, any additional things that you need. So a good example for this is take a GoPro camera which is uh, typically used for scuba diving but the camera itself is not so useful without the accessories called mount. Now if you took a GoPro on one of these peer-to-peer platforms you had no idea on the other side uh, whether he only had the camera he only had one mount or whatever but when we'd provide we'd provide a complete pack right so we'd provide the GoPro camera we'd provide a housing case to protect the camera we'd provide eight different types of mounts. So yeah so because we were providing a complete experience it was cheaper 
if we could confirm faster we thought i mean definitely on the product side we were far ahead of the competition now on the distribution side uh, we had the most amount of success with uh, google adwords basically when people were searching for you know, rent gopro rent dslr rent karaoke machine so and we also worked on uh, search engine optimization to make sure we were the highest ranked item over there and we you know had a lot of success through that uh, route we also tried out uh, facebook marketing referral program but we didn't have as much success over there but yeah basically google adwords i would say was better. and uh, then i think the the month in which we hit our peak revenue rate there's also an aspect of seasonality i think it was december so obviously more people do throw party go out of town and say that and we also had our existing base of customers at that time which was repeating at pretty decent rate oh great so can you share with us some key gaps which resulted in the closure of easy lizzy back in december 2017 So I think the number one reason why we shut down I think this will apply to most startups were not enough needed what we had what that means is we had kind of quickly reached the limit of the market who was aware of renting as a solution to some of their needs and already actively for us. and good example is again I'll come back to AdWords our most successful marketing channel there were maybe 100 people daily who were searching rent gopro rent care and so these are the people who are a aware that a rental solution exists and b have enough pain that they want to go out and find it right we hit this market and that that was great it was working very successfully the problem problem is what after that unless 100 people a day becomes 1000 people a day and 10000 a day this business was not going to scale and unfortunately the only way for that to happen is to kind of spend money on marketing to create that awareness so people then remember you when they have a need and come obviously we were not able to raise ex- outside capital because our growth rate had also kind of plateaued by that time because again we had hit the mark so it was it was kind of a chicken and egg where you needed capital to create the awareness but no one was going to give you the capital unless you were able to prove that there was growth and we had kind of hit the limits over that we were in that sticky sort of situation we concluded that look not able to raise the capital we might as well take a less i think a good example of what i mean when i say there's there was lack of awareness is i play guitar right electric like one time my guitar was being repaired or something and i needed a spare and even me the owner of an online assets rental business my first reaction was not oh let me see if this is available for rent my reaction was oh shit i have to buy a second hand one or i'll call some friends and try and borrow it from someone temporary and that's when i kind of realized that it's so unnatural right now to think of rental as a viable option that you know just it just makes no sense and it kind of explains why there was no natural growth in that market right so you know it would grow but it would grow very slowly because it needs some sort of time and capital to convince people that yes rental is an option it's a viable option now there's a good solution for it and with all the key lessons learned from easy lizzy what advice would you give to the budding entrepreneurs So the number one lesson was that apart from having a great product, you have to be equally important, if not more important, to also have an idea of what. When I say distribution, what I mean is how are you going to make the market aware of what you have built? How are you going? To, I think this is something to think about along with building or even before you build your product and not after. I think that's really one of the mistakes that we made, and uh, probably if we had gone the other way and tried about it that way, we would have maybe made change. The media focused too much on the success stories where you know an entrepreneur built something and got a lot of traction from day zero, and then you just became super big world. But the fact is, those are the exceptions and they are not the rule right and uh, for for most i would say 95 99% also of successful startups they had to have a very sensible strategy said okay we've got this product now how are we going to sell it and a lot of time figuring out what channels work what channels don't work how they're going to incentivize the sales stuff and uh, really if you think what you build is going to become the next facebook that's that's literally a once in a generation or once in 10 years deal. so don't rely on trying to do something like that there's a very nice uh, phrase that i read on twitter a couple of months ago really resonated with me i think it applies very well the point right first time founders focus on product second time founders focus on thing it's really the kind of lesson that you only learn once you've gone through it one and uh, maybe the first time it's it's a, it's a it's a little difficult or not the most obvious lesson to learn. at least for me that's what it is and finally how did you incorporate those key lessons learned from easy lizzy into your new venture 
So currently one of the products that I'm working on is ERP stem for Indian and now in isolation even if I had the technical ability to build this it would make no sense for me alone to build this because I have no idea what that market is like or you know even how to sell in that so I think here now the key differentiator is that I'm working with a friend of mine actually been involved in the space for consulting several years and he's been in that space for 9 years right so he understands deeply intimately what are the problems of those sectors he has a network through which we can get uh, product feedback and get the product out into the market ie design and these give huge advantages is that uh, you know someone a third party can just get up and try and duplicate right so i'm very hopeful that this will go well and definitely i've tried to keep in mind the learnings over here the other bit of advice is more generic but there's a framework with which you can think about building product your product a vitamin or is it a pain a vitamin is something that is good to have nice to have but you can live without it's not going to really affect you as a life but a painkiller is something that you need to have right now and you'll pay any amount of money to kind of solve that kind of if you have a choice and not all of us do but if you have a choice it's always it's far 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 better to work on a painkiller type of product rather than a vitamin type easy easy was definitely a vitamin type of product it made your life better it made your life easier it made your life happier but it wasn't really solving a huge pain and definitely with other product that i'm building erp for impact we are solving a huge pain point for ngos where today their account is being are all completely haphazard done in excel part and uh, we really feel by systematizing that uh, we'll be giving them a much so far the feedback's been really good we have about 8 10 customers now hopefully it goes well Awesome. So with this we have reached at the end of this podcast. Mayar, thank you so much for sharing your valuable insights uh, for all the entrepreneurs and the founders. I'm sure they would have learned a lot from this particular session. Thank you for, you know, taking your time and sharing with us all these insights. Thanks Nitin. I hope this was useful to your listeners. Uh if there's anyone who, you know, want to have a deeper conversation about these topics, happy to do that. You can find me on LinkedIn. Again, reach out over there. Thanks so much again. Lastly, I want to thank all the listeners who took their valuable time to listen to this podcast. Keep rocking, be safe, and don't forget to share.